We are reporting live from Gooch Week in Byron Bay. Happy Gooch Week. <laughs> okay, so, the end of it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that term before in all of my years of existence. I mean, we can thank the failing pedestrian TV for that term. <laughs> it's subjective because I feel like they're not failing at all. If anything, like the rise of meme culture is only like catapulted. Failing yeah. in the sense that I hate them. Failing in the sense that you hate them but can't look away. I've said this before, pedestrian, whilst trying desperately to sound like Gen Z, which is the worst, do still inform me about the news and subsequently informed me about the term Gooch Week. In my mind, a gooch is not particularly positive, so I feel like there could be a better term, but it does I, I, Okay, just explain the- to me why gooch, because isn't that the spot between your butt and your balls? Yeah, so that's what they're calling the so which one, like Christmas, Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, okay, so which one's the butt, which one's the balls? 26, 27. I would say the balls would be Christmas. The know? ball balls? Yeah, and then the butt is like New Year, New Butt type vibe. Actually, good segue into feeling the rush of celebrity spottings in Byron. So it's been an all-star cast out here this Gooch week. Okay, my celebrity sighting of the season, I was walking back down the main road. Let's just address the fact that I only realized recently that there are no traffic lights in Byron, which you flags. And then I kind of thought about it. I was like, oh my God, that's why there's so many roundabouts. But I'm walking down the main road, heading back home after, you know, doing a bit of a walk around town. I was kind of like just leisurely having a stroll back. It's sweaty. It's hot. Like, this is the thing. There's all the people in Byron, there's all the tourists, there's all the locals, and then there's, like, a few people that you see that are either they've migrated and moved to Byron from Melbourne or Sydney or any other big city, or they are here visiting family because they grew up here like you, but they've been living in the city. So I see in the distance the silhouette of a city-fied hipster type. First thing I see is the dad cap. You know, it's like a baseball cap. I'm seeing like, you know, just athleisure, but it's like maybe there's some hokers or something going on. I've got my AirPods in, I'm not giving a shit, but I'm walking around and, you know, see someone in the horizon that's not elderly and isn't a backpacker. You know, immediately my eyes are drawn to them because you're like, who's this now? And I get closer and I'm like, you look familiar. Do I know you? Was it from Melbourne or Sydney? Are you from around Byron? I've seen you around. I'm just trying to associate, but I'm kind of like also listening to my audiobook and just doing my thing. Like he's kind of doing a slow jog towards me and obviously the same thing no one else is around it's just probably seeing like tattooed girl wearing real tree shorts and like also wearing a baseball cap or whatever so you know you kind of do that thing that you do when you see other people that are within your like trope and you kind of lock eyes still trying to figure out where I know this person and it's not coming to me and I'm like maybe I don't know you at all and then a moment hits as we're like sliding doors like passing each other and I've realized who the fuck it is unmistakable blue eyes piercing blue doe eyes and I'm like oh my god it's Troy Savard <laughs> and I'm like at all times you're kind of like when am I going to see Troy Savard in Melbourne which it hasn't happened yet I've run past his brother three times so. yeah and it's funny because like I've met Tide in the past and like now he's like fully Melbourne I have yet to see Troy I still don't know where the house is or whatever but I'm like what are the odds that in this perfect serendipitous moment in Byron I see you now mm, but it wasn't even in the main city it was no like- no it was just like randomly out of the epicenter it's not like i was doing the lighthouse you know no it was just like perfect moment in time i was like this is the time that i'm gonna walk and then this happens makes you wonder how many celebrities are just prancing around right this second there could be a bunch of celebrities just roaming around because they don't want to be seen that's why every celebrity should wear a apple air tag so we can track <laughs> exactly where they are at all times also like- just to see what tracks they run not so much
much to stalk them, although I'm sure. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Would. This I feel like Perez Hilton right now, but like if we're on celebrity outing, another celebrity spotted. We were at the farm one day, and we saw Shannon Bennett and his like twelve thousand yeah. kids. I would say that's a generous term to give him. Basically, when you enter the Byron Bay vortex, certain people's status grow. You're either post-Hemsworth celebrity. Even the Hemsworths, I'm like, they're obviously megastar actors, but their relevance in this area is like tippy top of the food chain because they're just rich as fuck. Yeah. They're also so famous. But I think when you go away from here, you're like, "Mm, I don't give a shit about the Hemsworths. Well, it's not that you give a shit. It's just like, I mean, this is the thing that I always say about Byron being California, in a weird way, it's this tiny little utopian Hollywood. Yeah, unfortunately, where, they run the culture here. You know? Yeah, it's it is one of those things. Like if we're talking tourism, celebrities drive tourism because people want to be around. This is the very like Brett Easton Ellis. I actually, ironically, was listening to the audio book of the Shards, which I love that book. But I was like, oh, I want to hear him read it to me. So it was funny because it's like I'm listening to this audio book talking about like the monotony and like homogenousness of LA. And, Note like, to self: Download the Shards on my Kindle. Yeah, and like. I'm listening to this thing talking about like affluence and like the beautiful people of LA. And then meanwhile, I'm like celebrity spotting. But anyways, back to the farm. Yeah. So we saw Shannon Bennett. I'm like, that's nothing new. Like, yeah. you know, he's around. You can just like wander down to Belondal or whatever. But like yeah. the cultured know. butter that was spread across Shannon Bennett's bread. Do you want to break the news of who he was with apart from his 10,000 children? Well, I'm not actually aware of him other than like him being a chef or whatever. But I guess the point that I was going to make was that the only reason I brought it up was because your mum was like yeah. oh look he was papped that day on like wherever she saw well, it well she was on the daily she was mail the daily news <laughs> of the dailymail.co.uk <laughs> which also seems to be on ground in Byron Dreams. Yeah, like I want to know which freelancer is like selling their pet. That could be us. I'm like, should be capitalizing on this. this. Should, we did see that. Was it Naomi Watts? Yeah, we saw Naomi Watts. There was please. a, what was it, like a huge, all those like, yeah, like huge a classic lens, paparazzi. camera paparazzi. But I'm like, a van. in this day and age, is that even necessary or can you just get an iPhone shot? Yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm not here to like build a career as a paparazzi, but well, I mean, we're here to spill the tea on what we spotted. He was with, this is the thing, I know way too much about Shannon Bennett. This is the law that he's built in Byron. Well, like, like he I has mean, like eight children or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. He's a pretty small dude. Like something about small guys doesn't give to me like that you're gonna have six children. But he's done it with. I D mean, you from don't. Neighbors. You don't need to be a big guy to have strong swimmers. So no, you got to remember you that associate... he's not the one giving birth to the children. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he can spread the seed anywhere. But and you that's... would associate like just like in the terms of like caveman levels of association, you would associate a Hemsworth with having like ten children. You know who has like an army of children is James Vanderbeek from um, Dawson's Creek. How much mother? <laughs> no. Oh, he was also in that and also in Rules of Attraction, but not the point. How many yeah. children does he have? I don't know. It's something like literally like 10 or something crazy. Yeah. Well, Shannon's got six kids with Madeline West. I who, mean, who played, daddy. Who played D. So that's and a, also was in Underbelly. So Shannon's got the source and he lives in like a huge mansion, which like I said, once you're in the area, everyone knows where everyone lives. It's so he's with this woman at the farm with their combined like 14 children. Like yeah, we yeah. walked past and it was like the sound of music. There's so many kids. And then I see her and I'm like pretty attractive. She's kind of got like the silhouette of a Kardashian almost like mm-hmm. in that sort mm-hmm. of realm. And I was like, okay, Shannon's bagged himself. Another like, baddie. Another babe. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Didn't really see her. I just kind of was like blurred eyes. I was like, she's just giving like that type of hot energy. Turns out she is, according to the Daily Mail, James Packer's ex wife and she's worth about 100 million dollars 
from I mean, the, this from is the what divorce. I'm saying, though. It's like, oh, who cares what is celebrity? But it's like, okay, let's take celebrity out of it. Let's talk about wealth because obviously New Byron has yeah. a lot of wealth and it's like transplants from Sydney, transplants yeah. from Melbourne. It really transplants is about from the bag. America. And this is why it's so ironic that I was listening to the audiobook of the Shards because I've been walking around with my eyes wide looking for stories and meanwhile in my ears I'm listening to Brett's voice kind of talking about what I'm seeing and I'm like, this is California. This is straight up what I'm seeing. I would say making $100 million off a divorce is one of the coolest ways to get rich ever. Well, the other question is who isn't James Packer's ex? Who's the other one? Mariah Carey. Yeah, fuck. True. Which is crazy. That, that is, crazy. is insane. Who else are we seeing? Uh, well, we were at Muller Market the other yes. day and we bought a smoothie and you're like, it's casually going to be a 10 minute wait. Great place for people watching. You pointed out the tallest man ever. He was huge in comparison to everyone else around. You're like, slight nudge casual because we don't like to draw attention because we do respect the boundaries between you and said celebrity. And you were like- As burgeoning celebs one day, we <laughs> appreciate that privacy. Yeah, yeah. Like we, it's a mutual respect and that's why you can be around it like i love being a fan but i know the rules be and cool, man. yeah be chill let them have their space like you don't want to be annoying but anyways you nudge me softly and you're like big joe is in the building yeah. big joe danaher was spotted brisbane line great former essendon player one of my favorite players oh i, I, I was, would say uh, he's my favorite was, of the lions i was like audibly yelling his name during the finals yeah no he he's my favorite of the lions and i as a former essendon supporter uh <laughs> <laughs> I, That's a stretch. Yeah, I I support him. He's famously known for leaving Melbourne, coming to Brisbane, but not living in Brisbane, which I don't remember what article you read where they were like outraged that he drives to Brisbane for training and well, games. It's, obviously, it's the Daily Mail. Yeah, I don't even know why the Daily Mail finds its way into your life. So he lives like somewhere vaguely near Byron. And obviously, we're not trying to dox him, but mm. we did spot him at Mullen Market and it was funny because you pointed him out. I was like, oh my God, like you're a Brisbane Lions supporter. Yeah. And I would say that of the team, like he's my standout. And anyway, so I kept it cool. I was like, I'm not even going to look until he's walked away. And then I was like, okay. Anyways, we're standing there for so long with a smoothie that by the time that the smoothie arrived, he had made his way back out. Here's the thing. We look like we're from Melbourne or Sydney. I'm wearing all black, first of all. You've got like a pelvis hat on and I don't even know what you're wearing, but like we're just Think of Melbourne. I kind of glanced over him and at that exact moment, he obviously like has a fucking radar of like smelled the Melbourne on us, smelled the inner north and was like, hell no. As I turned to look at him, he strategically, and just remember how tall he is, he strategically takes his tiny baby and like shields his face. Baby is now covering his face as he walks past. I had already spotted him. He didn't know that, but like. The irony is that all of this shielding, whilst it worked, we are here talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, so but like I Worked, but I, even that didn't work you know you can't commendable that he nice had try. like yeah nice try joe but like it was smart the way that he knew like he can live this life because maybe a lot of people here don't probably care about yeah. afl yeah, like the only who would have thought the shoeless community wouldn't know about an afl player yeah like i mean brisbane fans might be up here sydney fans maybe are up here but like majority of like afl supporters are going to be in victoria so you know up we are in mullum and who would have thought the like, manson family <laughs> 
wouldn't understand who this giant AFL. I mean, he is head and shoulders above the rest at this point. He's and, much and scrawnier than I like. He's much less beefy than I thought he was. I did think he'd be way more built. Like he is actually built, but like I think when you then put like casual clothing on, like a, I say this about a lot of athletes, it's like you put them in like a normal situation, you take the uniform off them, and they're kind of just like an everyday bloke, and that's that. So Big Joe was spotted. I'm waiting. Obviously, it's cricket season right now, but I'm waiting to see Limoncello puppy up here in the off season. He's a Bangalore guy. He is a Bangalore guy. And if you haven't found him on Depop, he actually has a Depop in his bio on Instagram. And if you go on his Depop, it's actually fucking hilarious. He's swag lord. He's got his um, memeish captions on like Salomons that he's selling. He's actually selling this one pair of cricket slides that I think he was gifted that might be of importance. So about Adam Zampa. Yeah, have a check. Have a look at his Depop for some lols. He's a he's a funny guy. So I cannot wait to see him up in Byron next time. So anyways, uh, further celebrity spotting. We're at Light Years having dinner and we're kind of like, I mean, obviously it being Gooch Week, there's a lot of people up here for New Year celebrations and sitting at the bar was like hot guy and hot girl and I didn't really get a look that my back was turned. I'm like not really like scoping, but we were having dinner with your mom and she kept commenting. She's like, there's this guy at the bar. He's like quite handsome and he knows it. And I was kind of like, she kept going on about it. She was like, oh, like analyzing him. Obviously, no context. She's kind of explaining him to me. She's like, you know, he's like got these eyes and he's got this hair and he's just like good looking guy, like kind of just doing what we do, which is like analyze the shit out of people. Anyways, I finally take a glimpse. All right. I just need to know what you're talking about here. And I look five seconds into looking, I get spotted and caught and I'm like, oh, that's Josh Houston, model and star of Heartbreak High new series. Yeah. And I was like, okay, the influences are out. Yeah. There's more to come. I just wanted to flag the fact that three different Alexes that we know are here in Byron right now, all in Byron at the same time. The trifecta of Alexes are in the vicinity, but I've only spotted one so far. That's it. That's the roundup for Byron celebrity spotting and friendship spotting. I mean, all of the hotties were out at the roadie this morning. I mean, we saw some people we knew, but then yeah, lots of tattoos. I've also noticed in Byron at the moment there's an influx of handwritten signs talking about koalas. So the koalas spotted here. Be careful of the koalas. Look out for the koalas. And it's almost like this strange like drop bear folklore going on. And it's not like it's anything new, but there's been a surge of koala support locally. You think it's like a ruse? I I mean, it could be an effective police tool to get people to stop speeding. I mean, this is the thing. It's much easier to say, don't speed, you're going to kill a koala than it is to just tell people. Here's a fun fact. Apparently back in the 90s when they used to do don't speed advertising, Mm. they used to try and do this logical ads where they would say, speeding, drinking this much alcohol makes you bad at driving, blah, blah, blah. And apparently men who were like the biggest drink drivers just didn't affect them at all. They just weren't, they just did not stop drink driving yeah and then they found out that the biggest thing that can make a man especially mm-hmm. a young man to like stop doing something like that was to remember that ad where they do the little pinky no do you remember that ad the ad was you'd hold up the pinky and it would infer that you have a small oh yeah yeah. and that was apparently that had like double the amount of effectiveness because young men don't want to be felt like they have a small pp the ad would be dude like hooning past a girl like you know when you hitchhike you do the thumb out yeah yeah but and she's kind of like so she, instead of a thumb she would be holding up a pinky just being like nah gross small dick syndrome or whatever yeah. and apparently that had a crazy effectiveness well, so I mean, it goes to show like bravado and ego have more impact and empathy with dudes then apparently according yeah. to the speeding who would have thought young dudes don't care about the facts and the stats and 
yeah. <laughs> their length. The koala thing could be another way to like get in people's minds. Yeah, I guess like it is that time of the year where yeah. drink driving is a situation. Actually, it's double demerits. They say it's everywhere. Well, I want to talk about double demerits and talk about an accident that I had. Ooh. So I had a God. little run in with a Hilux, um, and it's not what you think. So stay tuned. I'm going to speak on the details. So it was a parked Hilux, a big bad boy with construction stuff in the back, but that wasn't the point. The point was that Harry became fixated with the idea of riding bikes down to the industrial estate. And I was like, look, I'm not really feeling it. But you know, it's that whole thing. I get back on a bike, you never forget how to ride a bike. And you're like, no, 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 we'll do it. So you've acquired like your mom's bike and you've acquired another bike from your dad or whatever. You're like, all right, today's the day. And I've been ripped off the couch and got the tools out. You're like, I'm going to readjust the the little chair on it or whatever. I don't fucking know. I'm not a bike rider. So we've talked about this before about what your bike says about you. What my bike says about me is I don't have one. It doesn't say shit. It's not my thing. But you're like, no, 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 we're going to do it. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. Meanwhile, I'm like rising panic. Like, am I going to have a panic attack? I'm feeling extremely anxious. Like I'm starting to realize that this is actually happening. And I'm like, in my mind, you know, you see bike riders around, you're like, they make it look so easy. I was like, yeah, I could just get on a bike, have a little stroll. Like I don't have to go fast. Can't be that hard. Seconds within getting on this bike, you're like already like on the road, having a little like time of your life. And I am on this bike and I'm like, immediately anxious and it all feels wrong. Everything feels wrong. The bike feels uncomfortable. I feel like it's the wrong size. It feels heavy. The pedals feel stiff. Everything is wrong and I'm not feeling it and I keep toppling to the left and like my center of gravity is wrong. I feel off balance. Basically, you don't know how to ride a bike. Well, basically (laughs) I'm like... Which is crazy. Like, Well, this is the thing. I was like, you know, you kind of don't really think about it, but I'm like, I reckon I haven't ridden a bike in like 20 years. And then I realized. That's so wild. And I'm kind of like doing it. And I'm like, where's the muscle memory of like riding this bike? And I'm like, I can't do this. And I'm telling you. And I'm like, you're kind of like, stop overthinking it. Like I'm trying to figure out the physics of it all. I'm like, what is this? I'm like trying to focus on balancing, but I'm also trying to focus on pedaling. And it's like, you know, I recall back to having to learn how to drive manual where I'm trying to think about the road rules, the other drivers, and also like the manual process and I'm just like I can't like do all these things at once like I don't know and I'm like I don't want to go on the road I'm like nah take me to a quiet place so you take me to this cul-de-sac and you're like all right we'll just like have a little play around here there's parked cars around there's houses and I'm like very conscious of like I've got performance anxiety at this point I don't know who's in their houses and their ivory towers watching me and I just feel really self-conscious and I'm like I just can't do this keep kind of like tipping to the side and you're like I'll hold on almost like you will act as human training wheels on the back of this bike and I'm like, all right, okay. And you're like, I'll hold on. And then you just pedal. So I'm like, okay, that kind of alleviated everything. I was like, I don't need to think about balance. I just need to think about, you know, pushing these pedals or whatever. And you're holding on. I'm like, all right, you know what? I feel okay. I feel okay. (laughs) It's like Buzz in fucking Toy Story where he's like, you know, him and Woody, spoilers everyone, but like, you know, Woody's holding on to Buzz and he's like, I'm flying. And like, you kind of like, well, let me go. And I've not realized. And I'm like, this isn't so bad. The momentum's happening. The wheels are spinning on their own. And I've realized that you are no longer holding on. You're like, she's doing it. You're flying. And I'm like, wait, no, no, I don't know. Wait, what the fuck? I don't know what's going on, but like I'm veering right. And like left is where I want to be going, but right is like heading towards the curb and heading towards a Hilux that is parked right next to that curb. And I've panicked and I'm like, oh no, Harry, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like I can't, you're like, turn, turn. I'm like, I don't know how. It's going faster than I can. Meanwhile, it's like, what? Like It's not so, <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the speed of a fly, like a very slow fly. Just buzzing. I mean, flies are pretty fast. Uh, it's know. kind of like, you know what it is? It's like in Austin Powers where he's, you know, on that thing and he's all like, <laughs> Oh, 
And it's all going in slow motion. I feel like a bit like if a camera was facing me, I feel like, oh, you know that episode of Seinfeld where Elaine's falling into Terry Hutch's chest? Yeah. And it's like the camera's on her. She's like, oh, that's me. And the Hilux is there parked. It's not going anywhere. It's me versus the Hilux. And at this point, I'm like, I can't do anything. Like, I'm going to collide with this this parked car. And I've. What thing- would usually be like the death wobbles on a. Like, this is how bad in your mind the picture is that you're absolutely about to stack it. Meanwhile, if you zoom out, you're going so slow. <laughs> so, like, literally snail's pace. Like, and just <laughs> the panic and the fear. And I'm. And, but there's no danger involved. It's just. Well, there is danger involved and because. You haven't got you haven't got any i think the problem as well is you haven't got any hand-eye coordination to be like the panic is over has shut down every part of you to well be yeah like, like oh, i've not if i just press the brakes yeah like I, I don't i don't even know it i just use my foot to stop myself yeah, like, decided all, that. all rational thought is out the window and i'm like yeah. it's over adults, it's over adults that can't do things that children can do are just the funniest this is that's the just thing, the funniest this is what thing. i mean like i think what has happened is i have not got the muscle memory to like know to do these things and i have not yeah. been informed of the rules of like cycling where I'm like I don't even know where the brakes are at this point and I also like I've frozen up where like my feet are stuck to these pedals which are moving faster than me like I could just take my feet off but instead I'm like I am at the mercy of this like slow yeah. but moving bike and I all I can think well, you've about you've also put your kind of whole trust into someone else like you haven't taken the my independence is is with you, you and your back you there. have got no autonomy in this you've just gone yeah my agency is shot the bike. this is what I've been saying I know you don't want to hear this but it's the truth it's part of riding a bike when you haven't done it for a while is to just believe that you can. Well, here's the thing. So I'm not believing that right now. All I know is what I know, which is all I can think about actually is seeing the Hilux and thinking like it's gone so far. My brain is so far removed from where my body is. This out of body experience of like into the future, which is like anxious. This is anxiety thing. My psychiatrist was like, you know, you got to think about what actually like anxiety is. It's like either social anxiety or it's like you're thinking so far into the future that you're like, you're panicking. Like you're, you can't like even be in the moment and that's where I'm at right now. So I've started thinking about the Hilux and it's not just a Hilux to me. I think about being in my first year of my degree straight out of high school and I'm in philosophy class and she's like, what is this? Is it a bottle of water? No, it's so much more. And that's me and the Hilux. And it's it's so much more than a Hilux. At this point, it's the Hilux. It's the car accident I had when I was 18. It's other drivers, even though it's mobile. It's the owner of the Hilux that's going to come running out when I crash the bike into his car and his, you know, it's not just his car, it's his kingdom, you know, and I'm just like, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to have to pay for this. I'm thinking about the fact that I'm riding your mom's bike. I'm going to damage a bike. I'm going to get in trouble there. Like all of the things are like weighing down on me and I'm like edging closer and closer and closer. And the only thing I know to do, because I can try to veer more right, which is going to, I'm going to fall onto the curb, but I can't seem to figure out how to go left and where the momentum wants to take me is forward and straight into this Hilux. And I managed to like kind of like veer a little bit to like stop the bike from like crashing straight into front of this. I like basically sacrificed myself. I've basically like thrown myself off the bike and like thrown my all of me and the bike to the ground and like just managed to like nick the front of the number plate which is much better outcome than actually like damaging the car meanwhile i'm now on the ground and i can feel where i'm grazed i feel everywhere i'm going to be bruised there's impact on my wrist like crash boom yeah like boom crash (laughs) sound 
like cartoon things like around. Yeah, the snow. Like, it's like everything. There's like a. Little, I'm a Looney Tune at this point. Yeah, there's like the spring sound. Like everything. Sort of it's like, all. It's all a hot mess. Meanwhile, it's all happening in the space of three seconds. Yeah, and, and like, like okay, so. I'm just gonna outline. Like, if I had to like draw she's where the a, injuries are, she's got a cartoon band aid on her. Yeah. So my wrist, uh, impact of my wrist th- throwing myself into the ground. Like I've got a sore wrist, maybe a grazed palm. My knee is like definitely exposed. Like I'm like there is a cut. There's going to be a bruise. My ankle's been shot. I can pick all the bruises mostly on my legs, but the biggest bruise of all was my ego. The yeah, shame that I felt. You were not. I was convinced that the world had just imploded. Oh, no. Like the humiliation that I felt because suddenly I looked around <laughs> to all of the houses around me. I'm like thinking about myself and how I, I observed the world. I'm like, there is some kid, some parent, maybe someone I know. Like in these, someone's going to come out of the window and be like, ha ha. Like that's where it's at. And I'm just like feeling that shame and humiliation. And I'm like, and then I look to my left to where you are. And you're like. See, I wasn't laughing. I was, no, you I was were like, like holding back. It was you more, were holding back, but it's like. I was holding back because how <laughs> how ridiculous. It was more less about seeing you crash and more about seeing the predicament that you got yourself into. Where I was like, this could have been so, like, it could have been so simple, but. You made a basic slow crash into this kind of theatrical. <laughs> like the last thing you should be doing if you're scared of being shamed is turning this into a kerfuffle. And now you've <laughs> subconscious. I don't think any of this was deliberate. You just it was just what you thought was right. Is that you basically fell sideways <laughs> when you basically had stopped. You had a little sort of run in with the number plate, basically stopped, and then you were like, "I'm going to now my whole center of gravity. I'm going to turn it to the right. And I'm going to collapse." And with the bike with the bike hand. on top and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's like it was watching that happen where i was like you can't help it but this is what i mean it was like fight and then, or, I, was, and then I saw the fate like the this, fight or flight that happened and i and there was face. no fight and there was no flight this it was, face. Froze. no that's what it was it's fight flight or freeze yeah, and i froze you froze you've got this face that you've i've seen a, a number of times where there's no coming back from that in that moment like i know this will take a, at least 10 minutes to get over like there's nothing i can say or do that will convince you that you're not ashamed right now and i was like oh no oh no the trauma has like embedded it's, into my veins when you see it's like when you see a kid it's just fallen over or being hit in the head or some shit like that and, and there's like that pause there's that moment where you're like they're fine oh thank god they're not and then it's like the earth just everything just stops time stood still it's like the center of a tornado and you're like oh she's all right she's gonna be all right silence everything is calm and then it's like (laughs) (laughs) and you're like oh shit that is like a deep pain deep and that's you didn't cry but no there were tears there were tears and i held strong it was was like like, tears of like oh my god oh my god i can't believe i'm so embarrassed and i was like oh i was so embarrassed and then and then after (laughs) the shame but the, i did see your leg and i was like oh okay there this are, is the thing there are scratches well this is the thing this is the thing as well and it's not just about being bruised easily here's the thing literally and- regardless of how it happened whether it was like silly or like crazy that like i couldn't stop it at that moment whatever like one kilometer which was speed, the funny part that's the funny part but the part that wasn't funny was the fact that there was a collision and it was like enough to deter me from wanting to get on a bike again for a while yeah. but it was also the way i fell if I had fallen on sand or on grass, which 
you know, now in hindsight, I'm like, I should have taken it back to training wheels and gone from there. But like, it was straight onto the asphalt slash concrete or where the fuck I'd fallen onto the road. And it was the way that this heavy, this bike is heavy. Like I kept thinking that a heavy bike would keep me grounded, but it actually worked against me. So this bike was heavy and it, because I fell with it, it fell on me. I'm sandwiched between heavy bike and road. And at that point I'm like, you're, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is where the, you're clearly, as you said, not putting words in your mouth, the helicopter parenting of your parents has, I think you lack that kind of, I mean, this is not a gender thing, but I think young boys especially get that kind of, I mean, especially me who grew up kind of in this rural area is young boys are kind of pushed to go and jump off a tree, break a leg, you know, go skateboard. And even I was a little bit helicopter, bro. My parents were like, you can't ride a bike until you're 12 on the road. And I was like, this is crazy. But you seem to have not even been given that autonomy from a young age. Where Well, if we're going to go into the psychology of it, like the fact of the matter is first born child when parents were like our little girl, we don't want her to get hurt or whatever. I also like have ADHD, even though it wasn't diagnosed at the time, but I was always kind of like running around, had too much energy. But they were like, no, 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 you're locked in the house, blah, blah, blah. I realized that I'm like, wait, I've had a training wheel, like little scooter bike thing. And then I remember this one Minty's bike that my family friend donated to me. I don't really remember riding it in hindsight. I do remember riding a bike around my backyard. As I'm starting to think about this muscle memory that's meant to exist, I'm like, I don't think I've ever ridden yeah, you a don't bike. Have the muscle. That's, no, that's I the don't even tea. think I've ever rode a bike on a road ever. Yeah. I've only ever ridden in like a gated backyard. You know, my brother and sister had a different life to me. Like there was an age gap where like my parents I actually had think, a bit more trust. No offense to Jay, but I think Jay would also not be able to ride a bike. Is my guess. Yeah, and like we, Mate, uh, we'll have to find it out because she's a bit more of a daredevil. But I think even she, even your brother, I feel like he has probably ridden a bike. I recall there being a bike in the family. He's giving me like BMX energy at some point. Yeah, like dinking, at some point he was dinking with. Some I friends. actually did own like this little low rider, but it was purely for vanity. Like I, I think I had it and I'd ride it around like again the yeah. backyard of my Carlton share house. You know, but like you and, you and Jay's like kind of this is where the simple life kind of really comes into play, and you know Nicole and Paris, you guys have just embodied that when it comes to well, riding a bike. Well, this is what I said, Laura. I was like, I don't really know when I would have like... Sorry, Jay, if you know how to ride a bike. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I just don't know when it would have happened for me because like by the time, like if I wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff when I was young, by the time I was like old enough to have the agency to be like, I'm going to go buy a bike. I was already like learning to drive, you know, like I was already driving. So I'm going to take a photo of the bruises on my legs, particularly the one on my knee, which is fucked. It's literally yeah. like I've got a cut there and there's this I big knew bruise. This I knew you'd be an easy bruiser. It comes it's not with- just about being an easy bruiser. I had- it was a bad fall. It was a bad fall. Yeah. If you're going to get a bruise, it's going to be visible. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know, man. I got done, you know, and like we're coming back to the fucking speeding thing. I'm like, I was going like one kilometer and this is how much I got fucked up. Like imagine funny, I was going fast. The funny part, and this is a good segue maybe, is this kind of gawp practical life that I think you're starting to embrace. I think we surround ourselves with a lot of gawpy people and at the center of gawp culture is being able to do these types of wilderness activities. Yeah, like self-sustaining, solo adventure, going fast, going where you want, going off the beaten track. And if you're going to start, I mean, you did return a pair of Merrill mocks. Well, this is the funny thing, right? So like recently 
I've just been like, oh, you know what? I'm going to like ladyfy my wardrobe. I'm like, I'm, you know, putting in little mules and like sandals and heels. And I'm still wearing sneakers, but I'm kind of like leaning sombers. Like I'm kind of going normcore in that way where I'm like, I feel like I want to lean into my girliness. I'm wearing little slip dresses and stuff. Maybe it's because it's summer and I'm feeling cute because I'm like tan, whatever. You know, there is the other side of me. Like I can go for my walks and like wear my ASICs and my sallows and do that thing. But like, you're not going to catch me wearing Las Plativas. I'm not going to be able to wear a fry tag bag. Like there are things that I can't commit to because oh, I think I, legally you're not allowed to wear a fry tag bag. Now. No, I think, well now after. Not that performance. <laughs> not that performance. Like I, I'm actually not allowed. You actually need to be able to ride a bike. My style of Gorpy is like, you know, like I bought a waterproof and water bag. Like their whole shtick is like, you know, you can take this bag from the city to the mountains. And that's my vibe. I'm like, I'm a city gal. Like that's what's up. I'm a visitor in this like nature yeah and it's not what i know and it's not and i have like a fascination obviously with like the rural lifestyle and cowboy shit but like the truth of the matter is like i'm a city girl and you know i want to wear my little like inappropriate footwear i want to wear my cowboy boots in like a daisy duke way not in the way that I'm like actually putting my hands in the dirt and like working on the farm. Like it's just, that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being the Paris and Nicole cosplaying on the farm. Should we talk about the new Gorp shop in Byron? I don't really think it's Gorpy though. They're of the camping world, I'd say. I would say the that it's, it's Gorp. Yeah, it's Gorpy in the way, again, this is what I mean. Like my idea of Gorp is actually like Pam is the perfect example of that. Pam store. It's like the brands that they stock. You know, you can wear their clothing with all that and they can have all the tactical little spoons and, you know, you can have your like little like metal plates and spoons and you can have your little whirlwind and pelvis shirt that says stuff about the great outdoors and the mushrooms and Pam can have all the mushrooms you can have all the nature but it's like metal straw do you say yeah yeah and it's just that but it's like also you have your little utopia with your like plants and your yes the tumbler model from when i was growing up I, a lot of reshares would come out of those houses that would be in the forest but there's a big pane of glass and you can see the forest but you're protected with the glass <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, this is the tiny the indoor, house everything's sealed off and then maybe there's a sunken lounge room but you can still see the, the forest and it's you know, maybe the sun or the snow is coming through and then it's like cozy, but you're in the night. Well, you know what this is? the Tumblr aesthetic. This is the Cullen house we saw in Portland. Yeah. It's like the big glass house in the woods, but like you don't have to be in the woods because you're in your big glass house. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's kind of how I feel about that's all kind of that of the new. I mean, that's what the new age, I guess, Pam-esque shops represent. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I like about Byron is because like the new age California, like hippie shit is actually so true to Byron. I think like it feels really genuine when they have like mushroom core going on because like even the book curation so it's like the store we're talking about is bacteria books and doom are like combined now and they're in the industrial estate they were doing like a little function tom put us on to this i wouldn't even call it an activation or an event it was just maybe it was we weren't there we didn't day. stay for the it was a good morning tapes times like pop-up bacteria thing. books times doom and it was nice it was the first kind of pam adjacent store i've seen in byron which when you come here and you are of that lifestyle 
lifestyle, you sort of feel like, oh, there's something, it's a little taste of, I guess, the city. Well, it's funny because we went in there and I was like, they, I mean, these are the exact types you of stores. You should talk about the juice. Yeah, yeah. well, I, this is what I was going to say. So basically, like, whenever I go anywhere in the world, that's one thing I loved about Scandi and like, you know, everywhere I go in the world, I look for these exact stores. It's like perfect little store of curated books, homewares and clothes mm. of like independent designers. Like public possession. Where- yeah, similar vibe, similar vibe or like... Um, Etrosex. Yeah, Etrosex in, in that realm. These stores exist everywhere in the world and we always yeah. find them. It's like the equivalent of finding like oat milk coffee, Yeah, you know. They've got Same them in New York. Same types of people, internet we, heavy, but also Yeah, there's the just land. like, you know, you're going to see people like you yeah. in those places. They're almost like a little sanctuary. The only thing that could be added is like iced coffee. That's it. I'm sorted. Maybe a low-key supply of mushroom chocolate would also be nice. But anyway, so we go there immediately gratified. I'm like, oh, they stock whirlwind here. There's books and zines. There's always zines. And I'm like, oh, these are like zines that I like. But then it's mixed with like very new age bar and stuff where it's like way more hippie or like tantric sex manuals and vintage books of that caliber. Yeah, like how to grow your own mushrooms. Yeah, and there's that. And then there's like curated clothing or whatever. And then there's like a little bit of homewares, like maybe a really expensive like resin plate. And then also- It's very online ceramics. There's like shamans. Yeah, like shaman core. But it's like, you know, like this is the new like version of the white linen Byron. Yeah. It's like tie-dye, but like not just tie-dye, it's online ceramics adjacent tie-dye. Yeah. It's like tie-dye with like a graphic print that's like all spawning from the Grateful Dead. That's kind of where we're at. So we're in there and I'm like, oh, love it. Yes, yes. I'm looking at the things. I'm like, all right, well, now I'm in a shopping mood. Like I want to smell some fucking incense and candles. And I'm like, you know, saying to you, yeah, this is like the perfect hybrid of like Melbourne, Sydney, Byron right now. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple of girlies working and they seem sweet. Eavesdrop, because obviously this good morning tapes thing happened. So what's his name? Biscuit or whatever is around. Yeah. And then there's like two people wearing like, I would say the word acid as like a genre of music is the vibe I'm getting right now. Like there's two people wearing like neon tie-dye outfits. Yeah, like and But like in a smiley face New Guernica way. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm eavesdropping as I'm like browsing and then they're selling these like juices or elixirs or whatever in like a little like Ziploc bag, but it's not like a Ziploc like bag. Like a Capri Sun type. Kind of, yeah, with piece. a straw at the front. I mostly know this from my clubbing years and one of the girls, I think she's the Bacteria Books girl, I don't know her personally, but she says to the person that was selling them and then also the Good Morning Tapes guys, oh, it's like rave juice. My ears prick up and you look straight at me and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, like at Honky Tonks or Third Class, like you get these drinks in like a bag and I was like, they'd have a glow stick in there and be rave juice and I'm just like, my eyes are wide because like so much of my defining like club years were spent at Third Class and Honky Tonks. So I was just like, oh my God, Melbourne people. That's like a reference from 10 years ago. And it's like such a fucking yeah. big reference. And it's like a, if you weren't living the lifestyle, then you would never know. Like you've told me the story. So but I this knew. is when I think about like all of those brands, all of that shit, it's like you forget that, you know, because of when it happened, it's like, oh, I forget sometimes that I'm at now in that demographic of people and you are as well, where we're all like adults now. I just sometimes I forget that I'm an adult and I'm just like, oh, I'm not just some like. Who can't ride a bike. Yeah, who can't ride a bike. But I'm like, no oh, offense, no like offense. these are the people that own the businesses now. These are the people that run the cafes. They run the hospital game. Like half the fucking businesses in Byron run by people I used to club with. So I, I, why am I surprised that now this like cute store 
or slash event that's happening are also of the same people because even when I was in the scene it was like an influx of Byron people would just keep coming through all at once so it's a question mark on whether someone grew up in Byron went to Melbourne for a bit and then moved back to Byron or if they have moved from Melbourne to Byron because they want to escape the city lifestyle I don't know but look I'm not mad about these businesses showing up because even an old friend that I knew from back in the day as well that actually is a tattooist and used to work a chapel tattoo I haven't actually gone to visit him but my tattooist in Sydney Danny who also randomly was from Byron was like oh Joel has a store there called House House now and I was like oh my god and we finally drove past and I saw him out the front and I was like oh should I go in I was like oh I don't want to go in until I actually want to get tattooed because the tattoo that I have on my right shoulder slash upper arm of the DeLorean crashing into the Bill and Ted phone booth like it's actually not finished like I meant to go and finish it and then I haven't seen him since then and just life happened so I think I've seen him once more and it was in passing so I think when I do go I think I need to get this finished first and I was kind of like well I'm not here for long enough to actually like get it done but you know like this is what I'm saying though like he's in the industrial state now so if you're in Byron head down there because that's where I would go and I plan to go but there's so many different little cute spots are now in the industrial estate so it's almost like I don't know I've kind of been waiting for this Byron to happen like obviously there's all the little spots in town that we love we always obviously go to light years and we've seen all the rise of like that group of restaurants from Melbourne that have kind of come up here I mean our favorite cafe that's a tie between the roadie and Sunday Sustainable we should do it ins and outs lists of good and bad places to go in Byron. And I'm going to put them on blast more so so you don't have to go to them. It's one of those things when you do critique places, it's like, you know that this isn't the be all and end all. It's a constructive criticism, like a what? Google review that actually gives you some feedback. So maybe you want to improve it. Like obviously not everything is catered to people like us, but like if a majority of like wallets coming through the door are people like us, this is very handy feedback. No, nah, fuck that. Let's get real. You know, let's break it down. I'm getting real. That's nah. what I'm saying like i'm not on a vendetta i'm yeah. not on some my petty well, era i just read a book Bullshit. actually and they about vanity fair and they used to call this interviewing a restaurant or interviewing an establishment which is mm-hmm. a pretty funny term instead of like, interviewing the owner they would get someone to go in and basically pick apart and just create a story out of what their experience was mm-hmm. inside of them mm-hmm. so let's do that for a minute let's talk about the good ones places to go we can just rattle that off so Sunday sustainable, great, amazing. Spinach cheese rolls, yeah. anything in the hot box there is great. Top, top tier. Like you love the scones. AP bread levels of bakery. Mm-hmm. It's just super. High I quality. would probably say like I would put that closest to if we're going to liken to anything. We go AP Bakery Sydney and All Are Welcome in Melbourne. Yeah, just very very good. Bella Porto if you want to get a chicken burger or, or a halloumi burger. Top top tier. I would say shits all over a Porto's. Yeah. A Porto type burger, but closely aligned to a Porto slash Frangos. Yeah, so that's great. I love Top Shop. Top Shop for a side bowl or definitely the best for side bowl. The fake meat cheeseburger and I'm sure the real cheeseburger there yeah. are my picks and even the fish burger was actually pretty good as well. Even the sandwiches look good, but a side bowl with the macadamia butter, probably yeah. the best in buying. Best side bowl. Roadhouse for coffee and breakfast, which I actually like the breakfast from there, but I just they've changed never, the menu. I, never I get it. yeah, I'm I, a fasting king. Yeah, same. And I think like if you want to get some kind of holistic elixir coffee, I love the Roadhouse shakes, brews, whatever. Yeah. They love that stuff. And plus the vibe there is you've elite. got the pass cafe. Oh, their breakfast get... burger there. Yeah. Worth it. Or smoothie. Yep. Places, smoothie there is actually places really good. I am not a great fan of are I only went to the general store once and I didn't love it. That's near East Troy, 
But did you have any of the food or coffee though? Yeah. Or was it that you just didn't like the vibe because it's such a like it spot that everyone tries to like go and spot it at? I could go and try it again, but I just have a feeling. I feel like I would like to try in solidarity for Parkway Drive. Sure. And that is probably why. And also, fun by the Parkway Drive guy. I don't know. I feel like you're kind of writing it off based on one experience. There's a reason why it's so popular. The vibe there looks super cute. Bang, bang. We went there a few years ago. I. Very lackluster. It's always a question, and this is a conversation that does happen around by where you're either a bang bang girly or you're a light years girly, and I am light years. I feel like bang bang is all about the cocktails. I mean, a lot of places, a lot of establishments now are just about the cocktails, but the thing is when you've had a fried fish in Sydney that you could pay $12 for from a food court and you know it's that good, paying like $60 or whatever the price for a full fish is never going to compare. Like it's kind of yeah. like it's not just about the cost. It's like the way that like the Thai chef that made that for you you know with the love and then the price it's like i don't know i'm just going to always have that comparison in my mind yeah. i feel like it's just super hype and it's always packed in there and it's loud and it's just like yeah. i don't know i feel like it's i just i prefer light years two other places for the good list light years is a bit of a fancy dinner but it's good every time it's really good always and try to sit inside though i think that one time we sat outside i didn't love it yeah must sit inside but it is definitely an influencer type spot, but the food is actually Well, those great. guys actually, so. I think like, the other thing is, you know, I keep saying this about the Melbourne club scene, but the guys that started light years are very adjacent to the Melbourne foodie scene. Like Robbie, the head chef there, like he used to be in the scene. Like, I don't know him at all anymore, but like he was kind of from the like ding dong cherry bar era. I remember he'd always knock off his shifts and like show up there really late at night, a pony and stuff like that. So he's been in the game for a long time. The other dude, I remember him very clearly being like, and it boy in like the one love into hockey chunks kind of electro scene. So again, t- I'm choosing team Melbourne. Yeah. I'm choosing team so Melbourne. That, I'm sorry. That's good. I would also say a place called Japanese, which I'm just going to say it like that and not try and do any other pronunciation, but that's like a very decent, like Japanese cheap, but great Japanese dinner. Mm-hmm. They've and... also started a new restaurant, like a ramen specific one, actually yeah. somewhere uh, near Bella Porto. Go to Doma Japanese Cafe, which is just outside of Byron. In Federal. In federal. We went to a new place called Hutong Harry's, which is a quotation marks Chinese restaurant. Chinese fusion, I think they described Like it. modern Chinese. I think they used they the word. It. I think the cute Italian waiter called it Chinese fusion when we were there. And I was like, here we go. So well, we- you know, if you think about half the dining places in Australia right now, <laughs> it's like white dudes that run Asian restaurants that like fancify it. It's only a few weeks old and we went there. Why? near bang bang and owned by the same yeah, people exactly and i was skeptical to be honest going in doesn't have much of a social presence i think they're getting their feet i think that's what's going on so look maybe don't go to restaurants in the first few weeks of opening i, I think mean it's... we did that with magma and i feel like there's always room yeah. for improvement and this is what i was you saying should get about discount i reckon there should be a guinea pig discount for well they kind of, it's kind of like in our master chef where they do those little like you know they're serving the family and friends scene yeah. but yeah well the thing is the fit out was cute locations elite the fit the- out was giving like ai if you type in ai chinese restaurant Fusion, yeah, but like in would... terms of like the theatrics of like, let's not forget that anywhere in town with that much like foot traffic is going to pull in the tourists. It felt like a set. So if you were to film a Home and Away or a Byron Bay's scene and you were like, and then they went to a Chinese restaurant, it would come off the screen. I said to you at the time, I was like, it feels like LA in the way that like 
it looks like a set, a but also the music curation and then also the type of people you're looking yeah. at because it's my own. Well, the music wasn't Chinese music. It was no. It was like but Frank, I mean, I would Frank think Sinatra. that was really. I think that was naff if they're like trying yeah, to do yeah. that. It was like New York, New York. It's like they were trying to do like a Chateau Marmont, like classic. Yeah. You know, bougie like yeah, yeah, yeah. dinner, like you know, you're doing bougie girl dinner. Yeah. That's so, what's going on. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, as a non-drinker... Well, this is what I'm saying as well with never, the drinking thing. You never get to dip into the overly priced $24 cocktails, which obviously are And the, they always look great. Obviously, are the cornerstone of these restaurants is... If you're not boomerang, photoing, videoing in these restaurants with the girlies, are you even there? Well, this know? is the question mark on if we're the target. This is what I think. You can always look at reviews and stuff. And I've noticed this is a big thing because we've talked about this before about getting catfished by flood core establishments. But like when you look at a review, whether it's on Google, like oh, fuck, I don't even know, Yelp or whatever the fuck people even use to review places. There's not a separate review for drinks menu and real menu like food menu it's like lumped into one because so many places obviously like are making most of their profit off drinks but the fact of the matter is if you're looking at it from a foodie perspective where you don't drink so that doesn't matter to you i think you can get really misled by what the reviews say because like they could have had a great experience because they got a little bit wasted a lot of people who do voluntarily review on Google are narcs. Like yeah. If you're a Google reviewer, you're a bit of a narc. Unless well, this is what I mean. It's like... doing it for the bit. So I'm like, who? why am I going to trust you? Well, like you? half the fucking reason you go to these establishments other than, you know, the marketing of it all is the word of mouth. And word of mouth, like, is the yeah. ultimate cosign. Because the current it, word of mouth for this restaurant is it's average. Well, no, the current word of mouth that we were told <laughs> through word of mouth from, like, Byron residents Byron who happen to be... Byron's word of mouth and cash economy. Yeah, cash economy, but also, like, let's not forget... The true buyer residents that are here are senior citizens. White. Yeah, white senior citizens are like the majority of buyer or their backpackers not probably not going to these kind of establishments or they're like blow-ins from the city who are here on like their Gooch Week celebration. So, you know, like word of mouth is still a question. Like even though it is like the most primal version of marketing, it's like, is that relevant to us? This is why we have to go and try it so that we can yeah. then share the information. Well, we went there and it's almost a meme at this stage, but there was a very cute Italian waiter who, he had the curls and the smile. He was very sweet. He looked like a little sort of cherub doll. And I was like, I think you're on my side, which I like. He had this kind of thick Italian accent. Somewhere along the line, he has been taught the words and this menu is designed to be shared, which is a haunting echo for millennials going to restaurants, which is, I don't need to be told that I need to share the food. I'm aware the code is set. These restaurants are all made to be shared. I meant to order 12 things. I meant to ask the waiter if that's enough. And they're going to say, no, get a couple more things. It's all part of the script. Well, this is also like the tapasification of the universe. <laughs> tapification, tapatio. Yeah, it's just like, well, I mean, you're an only child and we talk about this bit, but it's like you are not designed to, to be shared. To be shared. Like your natural instinct is to not share and then you have to like train yourself to be like. I like sharing, but I prefer what I like sharing is let's say someone puts down a big hunk of like lamb shoulder let's share that i love sharing let's pass that around the table like i want everyone to have a piece when you are with four people and there's let's say five wings or five ribs or whatever immediately my mind goes to who's gonna have the extra one or <laughs> <laughs> it's true though you it is a matter of what are we gonna like cut that into and four? then all of a sudden you've had one or two bites of 
this dish and then everyone's going, oh, you have it, you have it. And then you're sort of like, oh, well, the worst well, part, everyone wants it. The problem with this like tapas, like grazing culture is like, what if you really like something and you want more of that and now you have to fucking eat the tartar or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Let's start to squash the stigma. Maybe I can't afford, but I don't want to spend more than 200 this particular night. But they make these dishes so small that you're like, I need to order like five to 10 things. Look, I'm not even Now I'm 200 deep and I'm like, This is the fucking curse of dining culture because it's like, I'm not trying to be a glutton. You know what I mean? Like That's the other thing. And none of us are doing, like, no one's saying grace. So I don't know why we're being punished here. Like, feed us like you can. It's just like, there's an art to fine dining, but there is a big scam because we're all a bunch of cucks and we can't stop attending these core establishments. But it's like the perfect crime is that they They've created a way to like give you less food and spin it so that it's like paying for some kind of quality or yeah. like I don't even know what I'm paying for. Honestly, is that the point where I'm like That's it. What is it? We what is it? Why am I here? You're paying for the opportunity to make content. That this is the economy we're living in where all the girlies come down from the Gold Coast or they fly up from Melbourne, whatever. You're paying to have this moment to take the content with the girls to post on the feed or the story or TikTok and then that's what you've purchased. And then the food doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It looks great. You look like you're balling. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone, and then once the video is stopped and everyone's safe at home, everyone's like, ugh. No, what's funny is when everyone's home and then you, I heard your mom actually do this, she this often, where it's like now you've got the crackers out of the cupboard yeah. to fill your stomach because you're fucking starving, yeah. but your wallet's empty. It's interesting about this because we would keep talking about this like Patrick Bateman. And like I said, I've been mm. listening to the Shards audiobook, but like we've been kind of looking around. Explain and- Patrick Bateman to those who don't know. Well, so like American Psycho, obviously Brittany Snellis' famous book. If you don't want to read the book, just watch the movie. It's a bit more lightweight and much more entertaining and less gory but like basically it was his commentary on like the new york socialite kind of scene where it's almost like this homogenousness of like everyone's talking about dinner plans everyone's like so vapid that you know everyone's wearing the same suits yeah. and this is before influencer culture it's so progressive that he talked about this but it like, really is foreshadowing yeah what, foreshadows what everything happening that's now. happening now but basically it's like patrick bateman you don't know what's real and what's not but it's like he is so homogenous to every other dude yeah. in like white america that like like attractive fit man wears a suit in new york has has, a business card has all the ladies has the business card has the clout has the money yeah it's all about the restaurants and booking the restaurants the reservation at the right time yeah the right drinks with the wife it's all just so yeah and it's kind of like the question mark on whether it's real or not but like he's having these like maniacal like murderous thoughts and then he's trying to tell people and everyone's like they're so self-obsessed and so obsessed with like this fantasy. Their own built. homogenized. Yeah, that effort. they don't even hear him. And it's yeah. almost like you can get away with murder. Just see these kind of hordes of athleisure girlies who. Well, it's not just the athleisure girlies because this is the That's thing. That's one mean. group. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm not, saying about the tropes. There's the athleisure girlies or then. Like, there's different types of girlies. I mean, to be fair, this happens not just here. No, no, not not everywhere. It's just that Byron is concentrated with it and then those tropes come to Byron for it. Well, this ties into the restaurant. These are the ones who... Well, then there's the boys. The equivalent of the girlies is the boys with the white sneakers, no socks, some kind of short, linen cropped shirt, 
sunglasses, not a buzz cut, like maybe a, a mullet. maybe a mullet, but one of those cuts where it's like you've joined the military or something. Yeah, so that's the like Top Gun haircut. And these are usually these kind of are couples. Usually the girls and those guys. It's like are. the boys' school and the girls' school go to the restaurant. Yeah, and you see them in packs. I mean, the guys don't have an ounce of fat on them. No, just, like these are the same guys that are not wearing that shirt during the day walking yeah, around. They got the Samsung watch. They're kind of like off-duty footy players or yeah. NRL players. The girls have the Nagnata. The Nagnata twin set. Phones tucked in to the waist. Maybe a slip dress, which, are, you know, like as yeah. someone that is loving to wear the slip dress, like you know what it is about the girlies that they look comfortable at all times. Yeah, comfortable but snatched. Comfortable, snatched, and insecure. Like it's not a diss on everyone, but it's like it's more like analysis of the trope because there is something that comes with her mentality. Come off as insecure, though. They come off no, as they see almost arrogant. Arrogant, elite, beautiful people. This is the analysis that I'm We're making. not being bitter. I think we're just. We're no, I'm making an analysis based on the reference of Brett Easton Ellis and yeah, Patrick yeah. Bateman is through that lens. Through that lens of like what you see, you know, and you can take this to Instagram where it's like what you see on the feed versus like what is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and I think we're all guilty of- And behind the mask. We're all guilty of taking a photo or stopping before we eat or whatever to record what we're doing. Well, we can do- like, it's, we're not, Everyone does it. Yeah. Well, like even when we talked about this in Sydney, when we went to Esther and I got cropped out of the fucking experience, like my ego was bruised just yeah. like it was when I hit the Hilux. I think the part that's jarring is that you see they're almost vacant. They're almost not- but that's they're what that's not, the whole concept yeah. of I mean you can they're read not any, present in the moment. Okay, again, I know I'm always preaching about Brett, but if you read American Psycho, this is the common thread of all of his books. If you read American Psycho, this is the exact same trope that Brett is analyzing. The shards is the same, lesson zero is the same, glamorama especially is yeah. the same. It's like these vacant people that like are kind of they're living like, they're in this actually in this utopia. It's like a simulation. They're actually in a utopian environment, but that utopia has is almost like a set for them to capture but you know not who, live well this is the other thing to their- i think that what is another interesting thing and i say this with brett that he was so progressive before influence culture and also reality tv culture is when you watch the hills which i fucking love the hills i think the hills again spoilers sorry anyone that hasn't actually watched it but like the whole like turning it on its head at the end of the hills where you're like was this scripted or was this real mm. there's a point we can get lost in the source where you don't even know that you're part of a set and part of a script because yeah. you're so in it in a way that make you think that you're present but really you're just like almost like a meme it even extends not just into those actions but the editing style of the videos or the filter that they're using or the frame of the shot or even the classic kind of vlog style that you see on tiktok where it's a montage of videos through the day and then someone doing the narration over the top everything about it is this kind of eerie copycat of one another but how do you break the simulation because i think as outsiders we always say about the hunter and joan and the bretts where we can come in as outsiders where i can lean into it but i'm always like always going to have one foot out the door because i'm like the ryan atwood yeah. coming into the oc but it's like this is similar to the oc actually where it's like the outsider comes in and analyzes the situation but at some point you like fall into the source and become part of it because it's yeah. stronger than you well these people they're sort of stuck in that simulation i think but I think, yeah, that comes from, like, being here all the time. Like, when you're part yeah. of the DNA, it's like, you can carve out your own path. I mean, I I, I don't think, that, it's not relevant to everyone, though. You can't completely discount the fact that there, I know some sick people that are up here that, like, aren't part of that. It all stems from 
the critique of those types of restaurants where I guess we just bring it back there is that the reason that these restaurants are so lackluster is because they're not actually at their heart. A lot of them aren't designed to be quality food or quality experience. They're designed to be sets. They're mini movie sets for micro influencers to make their mini movies. That's the economy. But that's what I think. And it's so- but the other thing is, and again, taking back to Brett, it's like that whole idea of, you know, think about the Baltazars of the glory days of dining and LA dining and even like thinking about now like horses and saddle ranch and stuff in LA it's like earth cafe everywhere these dining sets are movie sets and they always yeah. have been and yeah. I think you know you pay it's almost the like the food's always been shit and the price has always been high but the vibe is right but the and it's a good place backdrop, to be spent. it looks great yeah. and there might be a celebrity and there might be something to talk about yeah. and were you there last night like well that's going back to that book I read about Vanity Fair it's that whole lifestyle was selling a fantasy they weren't selling reality and this whole i guess the truman show vibe of it all is i mean we're here to put a needle in the bubble and say it's a fantasy guys even though byron actually does look like what it looks like on the gram those things are all sort of fabrications i mean i love having things like that around because i am not again when we're talking about the gorpiness of it all like i'm not actually here to just be one with the I'm not a backpacker in that way where I'm like trying to be one with the nature and I yeah. want to sing Kumbaya on the beach but it like, can go too far the other way yeah well. but you gotta this is where again we're always going to be looking at this every single year maybe this is the whole ins and outs of it all as well I do fear there will be a point where it goes too far and we've been towing that line for a long time over the years of coming to Byron for Gooch Week yeah do you know what it is do you know what is the thing that these restaurants don't have and the things that the good restaurants do have is a sense of like generosity and kind of selflessness these restaurants are straight up trying to make a bag off the economic situation well i'm that's why i think like doma is a great example of something that's great because there is a really strong hold of japanese restaurants in Byron, and i'm not gonna lie they are elite and it's because they're owned and operated by japanese people and i think that's always servings are generous prices are decent you don't have to be dirt cheap it's just that are you taking the piss or are you well this is again is it a food establishment or is it a drinks establishment with food on the side that's the dining culture you know it's like it's always going to be a bar that's got food on the side also if it's made to share is the food made to share or is the photo made to share i don't know made to share (gasps) made to share on the gram yeah that's what they mean that's what they mean that's what they mean uncovered wrap it up we're done (laughs) yeah yeah. made to share We've uncovered it through our own ramblings. Oh my God, it was in the words. It was said. This is one of those moments where it's like oh Truman Show and I he like realizes that someone's fucking watching here. I just, saying the words in a different tone was what I had to do. Well, you know what? You better fucking be careful when you walk out the door because now that you've exposed the truth, the fucking yeah, just Hunger Games announcement, throughout the town. we're going to get like sucked out of Byron, deported from Byron. Next time you hear the words made to share, really think about what they mean. Anyway, we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>